So far, we've learned Bucky Barnes has a detachable Wakandan arm, Helmet Zemo is really good at vanishing while no one's watching, and John Walker's completely jacked on Super Soldier Serum. We have a lot to discuss for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Episode 4, The Whole World is Watching. This is Ariel Oversight, let's get right into it. Alrighty, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm here with Aiden. Aiden, how you doing tonight? Good, man. Good. I had a long day at work, but I'm ready to talk about some Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, season one, episode four. This is it. We've got two episodes left after this one. And uh, we they actually just released the mid-season trailer, which we saw some new footage in there. We'll talk about that at the end, though, just so we can get through all of this first. But yeah, right away in this episode four, we start with Wakanda. And we're in Wakanda with Bucky and uh, Ayo, um, who's part of the Dermalage, and this is, it seems like a couple weeks, maybe a couple uh, days, probably weeks or months before um, the events of Infinity War happened in Wakanda. Um, Ayo is attempting to uh, relieve Bucky from the uh, Russian Hydra activation words to trigger his Winter Soldier actual, like, you know, persona, and she's basically just reciting the words that we've heard Zemo say on multiple occasions throughout Civil War. And as she's saying, um, you know, Sebastian Stan is just conveying this perfect level of emotion. And, yeah. like, it's just so believable, his character in this moment. Yeah. I really, this was, this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the, um, in the entire show so far. Because we get to see a side of the Winter Soldier that we've never seen before, which is this super vulnerable character. We know that he's been kind of subject to the um, mind games that have been going on, but we really get to see the true effects of what's been happening to him in this scene. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to let you all know, we got Gabe on the line right now. Uh, Gabe has just joined us through the phone. So, Gabe, how you doing tonight? Dude, in all honesty, I'm doing really good. How are you? That's good. I'm good. We're good. We're just, we just got started here. We're just talking about how... Uh, uh, the level of, you know, how Sebastian Stan is just putting in all this acting in the first opening scene in Wakanda um, and just how really, you know, how great that was of, of yeah. a performance, honestly. Um, as... Yeah, I'm going to be honest. That's one of my favorite scenes in the entire MCU. I mean, just seeing him be freed from the bondage of the Winter Soldier title and everything that went along with it, it's, it's really powerful to see him finally get away from that. Exactly. And yeah. at, even after she recites all of the words in Russian, you know, he's and she she looks at him and she tells him you are free and he kind of looks up in like a uh like sort of a reassurance um and she says you are free and it's just it's awesome to just see him like this you know it's it's great to see these bumps. disney plus shows like go back into moments like in between or during movies that we don't know that we know that happened we haven't seen yet you know what i mean like it's cool to see these events happen like you know they were talked about or mentioned but we actually get to see him on screen which right. i think is a really cool thing yeah but yeah um she says that and then we get the intro um we're in latvia right now right where we left off where io met bucky in that alleyway um and we see bucky talking in wakandan so that adds another language to his to his uh level of multi-lingual language speaking <laughs> um, right you know, he, he can talk, obviously, English, but then there's Russian, Romanian, Japanese, and now we can add 
uh, Wakanda to that. Um, we get a few name drops here. We hear Shuri and uh, King T'Chaka. Um, obviously, uh, they're referring to King T'Chaka because uh, Zemo is the one who killed King T'Chaka, and that's why I wants to come and uh, take him back. She doesn't want him to be free, which we talked a little bit about in the last episode. Um, Zemo, Bucky, and Sam, we cut to them in uh, this house that looks like, you know, Zemo owns it. Um, he obviously knows the place really well. It looks like he just got out of the shower in that first scene we see him. Um, they're really talking about super soldiers and about how um, uh, Serum never corrupted Steve is what Zemo says. And uh, Zemo says there will never be another Steve Rogers, which is what we've kind of been getting at throughout all the episodes, I want to say, that we've talked yeah. about so far. You know, uh, Steve Rogers is there. Um, his level of grit and personality and everything is up there, and I don't think anyone else can really match that. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Rogers is Steve Rogers, and John Walker is nothing close to that. Yeah, and I think that's something that everybody, and we've been saying, you know, on the podcast, is that John Walker's trying to fill these shoes, and in that in that first episode, we kind of see him... Um, oh, I'm sorry. This that was the first episode where we see him in that locker room, right? Or was that that was the second? That was the second episode. The second episode, right? Sorry. The uh, the second episode when we see John Walker, you know, he comes off as this like, I don't want to say sh- I, I'll say camera shy, you know, personality. He's seemingly trying to do the best that he can to fill Steve Rogers' shoes, and everybody in the beginning was kind of skeptical of that. And then we, you know, further see John start to like lose it. Um, and we figured out, you know, to the, in this episode that he's, I think he's losing it to the super, su- super soldier serum. Um, he's kind of like losing his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've always been speculating that, you know, even though he can, he's going to do his best and we've realized throughout the episodes he can't, but we, you know, we've always known that he's, he's never going to be the, the Steve Rogers that, you know, America wanted him to be. Right. I think he's trying his best, but his best is nowhere near where Close, Steve yeah. Rogers best would be close yeah um after this scene we cut to the flag smashers they're in sort of a hideout um and they're reacting to the there's this news footage of the bombing that uh carly took place in um in the last episode and um they all seem a little i want to say skeptical about it you know like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and carly's obviously okay with all of this but i don't know how they feel about the fact that they're taking innocent lives. Yeah. Um, and I, like Carly said in the last episode, um, this is the only language that these people understand. Um, that's just, it's like a villainy thing to say right there. Also. Yeah. And her, I, we haven't, have we heard that guy's name that, that, uh, the guy that she was with when she, when she said that line? Nico. Nico. Right. And yeah, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Nico in that scene kind of was like, why would you do that? And obviously like right away, he seems very, turned off to the idea of killing innocent people and acting out in this in this type of way and in this scene when they're um when they're all like watching the uh the newsreel you can see them kind of looking at each other looking very uncomfortable everybody but carly's look looks very uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. what happened Mm -hmm. that actually now you say that that actually wasn't nico nico is the one at the end of this episode that we'll get to i don't remember this guy's name i don't remember his name either then but nico we see later um and it looks like a little bit, um, we're, we're jumping back to those uh, audio dubs and re-edits after the uh, the subplot was removed. Uh, we right. see, you know, a little bit maybe of this scene looks like it was re-edited in post, you know, that they went back and did a few reshoots or things like that. Um, just because of that whole coronavirus thing where the, um, that subplot was removed due to right. similarities with it. Um, after this Flag Smasher scene, we cut to Sam, Zemo, and Bucky. 
and they're looking for Carly. And they go to this, uh, is it a GRC uh, refugee camp? I think so. I don't know if it's a refugee. I think it is because when they're having that conversation with that teacher, mm-hmm. he's like, they're like, man, like you can trust me. And he goes, the teacher goes like, no, like we're supposed to be getting, um, all these supplies, all these supplies. They haven't come in for like six months. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't trust you and stuff like, I think it was a GRC refugee camp that was failing. That's also where we see, um, Mama Donia, right? In that same place. Right, it would have been in that same place, but yeah. she had been moved at this point. Yeah. And yeah, they're all looking for Carly there, um, but Sam and Bucky are, or Sam goes and looks, and that's who he's talking to. He's talking to the teacher, and then uh, Bucky's sort of keeping an eye on Zemo, and then Zemo ends up going up to this uh, this group of kids, and he um, sort of eyes this girl, and he offers her you know, a Turkish delight, which we see when he offers them Turkish delights back at that house. Um, <laughs> excuse me, they... They he says that Turkish delights are sort of irresistible. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a Turkish delight. I have not. But I can tell you that um, they're not irresistible. They looked good in the in the in the show. They did. They're not my favorite candy. Gabe, have you ever had a Turkish delight? I have not. Have you? I have, and uh, they're not my. Like I said, they're not my favorite candy out there. So you know, a little bit of false advertising this episode. That's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, that girl agrees to uh, tell Zemo um, where the funeral is of Mama Donia, and obviously um, Carly would be there because that's you know they call her Mama Donia. That's there. They're like a mentorship there, and yeah. Um, she then yeah she agrees to uh, tell him. We then cut to uh, Sharon Carter, and she's sort of walking in the streets. I think this was filmed in Atlanta, um, but she's walking in this like sort of like under a bridge or in this like little alleyway type yeah there's yeah it's like a little alleyway there's a ton of graffiti and like a tunnel yeah yeah and she um she's on the phone with sam right and she's like um the power broker's like super mad that um that doctor was killed and he really wants to serum and mm-hmm. you know uh i forget the exact line but she's like uh madone oh, i keep i keep blanking on that city's Ma- name madripoor. No. madripoor madripoor wow um she's like madripoor's about to go under or something right. like that and um yeah, I mean, clearly you can tell kind of by the way, obviously this shows that she's not the power broker, um, but she is working for him. We do think she's working for him. Um, that would explain, obviously, how does she know that he's mad? I, w- I wouldn't assume that he'd send out like a mass text to right. everyone in Hightown or Lowtown that, right. you know, he wants the serum back. But Everybody uh, in the group chat, yo, it's about to get crazy. <laughs> yeah, but um, after th- we jump cut from Sharon to... Uh, Nico and Carly, and they're in this graveyard, or the cemetery, and they go to this grave, and um, she she sort of, like, goes down to this stone and moves a stone and then pulls out this little slot that contains a little uh, fanny pack filled with 20 little of those bullet shell casings filled with, filled with super, super Soldier Serum. That's a tongue twister. Super Soldier Serum. Super Soldier Serum, Super Soldier Serum, Super Soldier Serum. Right, and that's what we saw. Um, that's what we speculated to see, and we were right about that in the credits. Um under that power broker's watching text, um, you see those little bullet shells filled with that. Now, I wouldn't say they're bullets. I'd say they're just little vials. But, yeah, we were right about that one. So um, after this, we cut to um, Nico. He He's sort of telling Carly that he's always been a Captain America fan um, as he was growing up, and that's, like, cool to hear and everything like that. We'll uh, tag on a little bit to that later. Um, cut to John Sam 
Bucky and Lamar Hoskins. Sam, Bucky, and Zemo are going to uh, meet up with the girl who agreed to tell Zemo where um, the funeral for Mama Donia would be. And on their way to meeting her, we uh, run into John Walker and Lamar Hoskins um, suited up and telling them that they really want to um, sort of take over their operation, really. But um, at the same time, they, in their eyes, they don't want to help them, but they want to be the ones to find Carly and take her down. Um, but Sam, we know from uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, when he was telling Steve Rogers that he runs the support group, um, and we see a little bit of that in the movie, and so he really has that um, way of talking to people, of really helping them through things, and he's yeah. saying how he could get to Carly through that, and he could really almost change your mind or something along the lines of that. Yeah. Um, so we end up getting to the funeral. Um, John Walker wants to go in right away and apprehend Carly, but um, they tell him no right away. Um, John Walker ends up handcuffing Zemo to a pipe just so because he doesn't trust him, obviously. Um, and so he's he stays put, and then Sam goes into the funeral. He's up on a balcony looking through a window, and the only person that sees him is Carly. Um, there's a big crowd of people at this funeral, you know, all the flag smashers and everyone like that, and Carly's the only one that sees him. But um, after everyone uh, leaves, he comes down, and... Um, he starts talking to her. He starts to actually get through to her, and she's starting to think about everything she's doing and everything like that. And yeah. just as we think that Sam is actually going to get her to change her mind, John Walker comes through the door and insists on you know, apprehending her right away. And this immediately loses Carly's trust she had to Sam because he told her he came alone. And he did, in the fact, Walker told Sam that he had 10 minutes to talk to Carly. After that, he was coming in. And after those 10 minutes were up, sure enough, he walked through the door and ruined it. Was it 10 minutes? I thought... I think it was. Well, because there was that dialogue with... It was 10 minutes originally, but then he told Bucky, he right. said, your partner, he he got He's into in Bucky's danger. head. And he said, your partner needs help, and do you want that blood on your hands? Yeah. And obviously, Bucky has all the past experiences mm -hmm. of, you know, being a Winter Soldier, just, you know. That's right. Yeah. People, it's what he does, right. and he has that blood on his hands. And let's face it, they don't always act like they like each other, but they're definitely there's a friendship there. He doesn't yeah. want to have anything bad happen to Sam on his watch. Right, exactly. and so yeah, and so then Bucky came in, and Bucky, um, Bucky and John Walker kind of busted in. John Walker was like, "Yo, give me that. We're we're taking you in." And Sam was like, "Dude, I was just about to talk to her. I think that's actually verbatim how the scene went. Actually, I." Let's just agree to disagree on that okay. one. Okay, all right. But no, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Aiden said it exactly. All right, we'll Thanks. pull up a transcript Thanks, after this and just double check that. Um, anyway, a little chase ensues. Um, Bucky and Sam chase Carly, and we see something that you know Cap or Bucky have never done before, and Carly does it too. But they jump an entire flight of stairs, um, up above the railing, which is cool. Um, that super soldier serum kicking in. You know, they obviously can. I didn't know they could jump that high, but I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we kind of saw that Winter Soldier when um, in that in that uh, staircase scene with uh, Steve Rogers and Bucky. That Bucky would oh, just like right. jump down the st or Civil War. That was Civil War. Was that Civil War? Yeah. But yeah, um, Carly ends up getting away, and as she's hiding from them, uh, Zemo had escaped, and then John sees the handcuffs uh, loose. Um, they're still on the pipe, but he's gone. Zemo comes out of nowhere and shoots Carly in the. Um, leg right abdomen was I think. it yeah yeah it was the abdomen that's right and um she drops the 
20 uh, little vials of super soldier serum she had and Zemo sees them and um, he didn't expect that at all but the first thing he does right away is get over there and he starts stomping on them he crushes nearly all of them before John Walker comes in and just hucks that shield right at his head um, yeah just he just hip checks he just no but John Walker smacks Zemo obviously but you can tell Zemo startled to see the super soldier serum because mm-hmm. the first thing he says when she drops that he says is this what I think it is like he didn't think it was there at all but right. he's glad and he just starts stomping those because you know That's as all it's been wants. shown in every single movie we've ever seen Zemo in he hates the super soldiers exactly that's right um John Walker after knocking him out he's looking all around he sees the crushed vials and then uh everyone's thinking the same thing there's got to be one more vial and that's exactly what happened John finds it he takes it and he puts it in his pocket right before uh Sam Bucky and Lamar come in and uh see what happened Carly actually uh escapes out of this and she meets up with Nico and um another flag smasher and they they're talking about everything that's happening about how um they really need to get through this. And then the power broker actually, um, I don't know how they received a message, but a power broker sent him a message saying that he's threatening to end Carly. Um, and then her, her little thought right there, she tells both those flag smashers, she says, we need to separate them, them as in Sam, Bucky Zemo, Captain America, and Lamar Hoskins, and then kill Captain America. Um, because that is the only person really, um, the threatening person that's really getting in their way because she knows Sam and Bucky. She's she's seen Sam in action. You know she she knows he doesn't want to kill her or anything like that. So I think there's a little bit of trust still left over. Yeah, but definitely not with John Walker. Right. Um, Sam, we cut back to that house that we uh, were introduced to in the beginning of that where Zemo is, and um, we see Sam messaging Sharon Carter and it looks like an encrypted message. And he's telling her that um, he wants her to keep an eye on John Walker um, just to see if he makes a move on Carly. Because um, obviously they don't trust him. He's not who they who they would think he is, as everyone else does in America right. at the time. Um, Walker busts through the door and orders Sam and Bucky to hand Zemo over. And uh, obviously they're like, no. And then... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they actually use a really sick line. One of my favorite things in the whole episode. He says, the only thing you're running in here is your mouth, addressing John Walker. And yeah. Kind of yeah. felt good to hear him say that. That's yeah. good. It's nice to see, or it's funny to see Sam and Bucky, you know, kind of subtly, like, dissing John Walker, you know, because they don't want, they don't right. think he's, like, the good Captain America at yeah. all. That's that, funny. Yeah, and that whole scene to me showed just how arrogant, like, John Walker is. Now, he didn't open the door or knock. He kicked the door open, mm-hmm. and the first words he says is, I'm demand, or I'm commanding you to hand her over to me mm-hmm. and we see this throughout the rest of the episode and um in every episode except episode two when we kind of see you know the good side of john walker i guess but every episode after that we kind of see this like arrogant you know he flaunts the fact that he's captain america as we see this later in the episode actually but we see that he just like flaunts the fact that he's quote captain america mm-hmm. um as like this like power trip over everybody else and you know just the arrogance that he has when talking down to people and you know, right. Bucky and Sam Wilson, who are Avengers and have saved the planet. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I command you to give me Helmet Zemo. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sam is, you know, obviously telling him that uh, Zemo actually was useful to them that day, that he actually helped them out. And uh, Walker doesn't even attempt to continue like a peaceful conversation. He says, you really want to do this, Sam? And he says, you want me to put the shield down? And he puts the shield down. 
and next thing we know, a spear comes flying out of nowhere, and we see Ao with the or Io with the uh, Duramalaje show up. Um, uh, Walker doesn't know the Wakandans. He doesn't know who the Duramalaje are. But um, that actually confused me that he didn't know who they were because obviously the Black Panther, another movie in the Marvel MCU, the Marvel MCU, okay, <laughs> another movie in the MCU. We see at the end of it that it's hinting Wakanda is about to like expand their technology and show to the rest of the world, right? Yeah, at a press conference, and they say, you know, what can you offer to the rest of the world? And Black Panther smiles, hinting towards them sharing their resources. So I'm confused that arguably the United States top, you know, like agent, their top hitman, whatever you want to call John Walker, mm-hmm. he doesn't know about the Wakandans, even though the American government has knowledge of them. Right. That that actually bothered me a little bit. I thought that I thought that he'd at least know who they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. No, sorry. He goes he's like uh he he goes like, Hi, uh John Walker, Captain America and he's like introducing himself and like you were saying and he's talking like down to them. He's Acting yeah, like they're so like little. Yeah, and it's as we've I mean, we've seen and like Gabe said, like he he apparently doesn't know who they are, but we've seen the Dory Milaje as like this like badass group of, of women who just like kick tail wherever they go and like mm-hmm. um like Io said, like um I forget what she said exactly, but it was like the Dory Milaje have you know, control wherever the Dory Milaje are. John like, Walker John Walker when yeah. they walked in said Sorry, but the Dormalaje don't have jurisdiction here. And she said, we have jurisdiction wherever we go, actually. So. Right. Yeah, it's, she, yeah. I have the quote. It's, uh, the Dormalaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dormalaje find themselves to be. Right. And yeah. it's, so it's like, you know, there's just like this like powerful group of girls and soldiers who just like do whatever they want, wherever they want, because they can. And here comes John Walker being like, hi, mm-hmm. I'm John Walker, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Put your pointy sticks down and listen to me. Right. And I I love that um that line that Sam gives him is like you'd rather fight Bucky Barnes than fight the Dora Milaje man like yeah yeah like, back off <laughs> like you might want to fight Bucky before you take on the Dora Milaje right and that's and it's funny because Sam and Bucky are just kind of like sitting back watching this happen you know they know the Wakandans they know the Dora Milaje um, John Walker having no idea who they are they're watching him you know taunt them in a way almost and um, they're not here for John Walker they're here for Zemo. But John Walker decides to pick a fight with them anyway. And the Dermalage, um, a fight ensues, and they go and they just knock John to the ground, you know, no problem. And this really defeats him uh, as a character, you know. He thinks he's Captain America, and he shouldn't have to lose to people without the super soldier serum. Yeah. Um, and during the fight, actually, uh, the Wakan- or the Dermalage, they throw, I think it's Io who throws, like, a little device onto Bucky's arm, and it detaches, you know. The Wakandans have this technology that can be utilized in any way um, by, like, anyone from Wakanda or the Dermalaja. You know, they know how it works and everything like that. So throwing a little device on there to, uh, you know, make his uh, arm fall off, you know, super cool, like, way to use that vibranium. Um, we see later that he reattaches it, but I, I think that's a really cool thing that they can do. See, I was actually confused. Was it a device that she implanted on his arm, or did she – I thought she did, like, a sequence of taps – on the actual joint that attached the arm to the shoulder. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I it didn't was, think it was, it was a device. Points. Yeah, yeah was, I thought it was like pressure points yeah, she on touched, the arm and it caused it to fall off. Yeah. yeah, she touched a couple pressure points that deactivated the vibranium holding the arm together and that's why it fell off. Yeah, yeah I didn't think it was a device. I wasn't sure though. That's super cool though, you know, that the, the, they just know how to do that. Obviously they do because they're tech, but 
we haven't seen that before, so it's cool that that happened. Um, we find out Zemo escapes. Um, Dermalogic kind of disappeared after this, but we cut to uh, Lamar Hoskins and John Walker. Um, they're just kind of talking casually at a table and in public, and uh, people come up to John and they ask for you know an autograph. Um, and they're talking about the Super Soldier Serum. Um, John asked Lamar. He said he asked him if he would take it, and he says that yeah, he would take it. Um, like if he, if he would be able to if you were to be able to be a super soldier, he thinks that'd be cool. And John's thinking about this more. You know, it's not just like a casual "Would you take the serum?" question. You know, he has the serum in his possession, so he's really contemplating whether or not he should he should take it. Yeah, um, this episode really shows John Walker being pushed to take the serum. I mean, right. first of all, it shows him he gets he loses. Harley Morgenthau that pushes him. Then he gets his butt kicked by the Dormelage, and after he actually loses to them, you see him sitting there in shock, and he says they weren't even super soldiers. Right. He's stunned by the fact that somebody could beat him like that, you know? And now this is the final straw, him saying that he would take the serum. His best friend, like his most trusted advisor, mm -hmm. saying, oh, yeah, I'd take it, because he brings up the memories that Lamar Hoskins and John Walker have from fighting in Afghanistan, which... Uh, knowledge that you find in the show they've won three medals of honor fighting for the united states military mm -hmm. but he brings up the knowledge of what they did in afghanistan and lamar makes the point to john he says imagine how many more lives we could have saved if we had that serum mm -hmm. so at this point john walker has no reason not to take it everyone's telling him to he's getting his butt kicked by all kinds of people it's he's just being pushed to take it in every aspect right and that yeah completely agree with that and that's eventually we find out um what he does but we'll get into that a little bit after this scene right here um carly we cut to her and she's actually calling and uh she's calling sarah sam's sister and she's threatening sarah that if they don't back off you know um she's talking about her kids and herself and that she's actually threatening her and their lives um sam and bucky don't take that well at all and they take on Carly once more um, this time in their full um, uniforms um, Sam's got the wings and his um, new looking patriotic Falcon suit which we haven't actually talked about yet you know that's not the original Falcon suit uh, we got some red white and blue in there too to I think that that was added uh, I think you guys can agree um, just to really um, to continue the mantle of Captain America even though he doesn't have the shield now to just really keep it up there you know, like a true Captain America, not a John Walker Captain America. Um, but John's head is not in his game and when him and Lamar are going to find Carly themselves as well. Uh, Sam and Bucky are going to find her, but uh, uh, Sharon Carter gets in touch with... Or I don't know if she gets in touch with Sam, but you can see her tracking John like he asked her to, and she can see that he's also in the same spot going to find Carly. But you can see right away, you know, he's he's sort of twitching, he's staring, he's he doesn't look like himself, and you just know something's up with him. And as he's distracted like this in this form, you know, Lamar disappears. Um, he just keeps on, you know, looking through the building, but John doesn't really know because his head's not in his game, like I said. Right, and I don't want to cut you off, but um, one thing that you can kind of subtly see throughout all the episodes is, it's really small, but um, John Walker's beard. And... It, I don't want to say this, but like one sign of a of of a guy like going through kind of is is he becomes kind of unclean, uh, like uncleanly shaven, 
And, you know, one thing I think we saw with Captain America was he was always cleanly shaven except for Infinity War when mm-hmm. he had the big beard. And that was when he was, you know, out out of S.H.I.E.L.D., out of America, and he was kind of doing his own thing with Widow and Sam. And then he was, like, against the law. He's a fugitive. And mm-hmm. so he's kind of doing his own thing, maybe not having the utensils to save, so he's growing out this nice beard, which I love. And then the difference of that, other than that, he's clean shaven with John Walker kind of, you know, sustainably growing this crazy kind of, you know, um, I don't I lost the word. Well, I mean, also elaborating on your point, there's actually more imagery of facial hair in the MCU. If you'll recall in Endgame, like close to the beginning, right, as Tony Stark's being brought home in the spaceship, mm-hmm. it actually shows Captain America shaving in the right. mirror. Right, right. And I mean, I just think it shows like with the twitching and then, you know, him not like shaving and I mean, his eyes just look like bad and he has like dark circles and um, he's like rubbing his migraine constantly. And the, I just think it's I just think it's signs that he's losing himself either in the identity of Captain America and what he wants to be or either um, in the super soldier serum that's, you know, either failing him or take, and taking over his mind. Yeah, and I'm going to expand on that um, Captain America Infinity War thing a little bit. Even though John Walker is, you know, um, uncleanly shaven and, you know, he's not really keeping up with, I want to say, hygiene um, as he's going through this right now, even though Captain America is in Infinity War when Steve Rogers was a fugitive from uh, the government um, and he was, you know, growing out his beard and staying off the grid and everything, he still kept his motives. He wasn't violating anything that he had done right in the past but john walker is we see in a bit here and we've kind of seen that he he doesn't play lawfully you know he gets his way or tries to get his way by just using the the fact that he is captain america now and people don't see that the same and especially the audience when watching the show is that steve rogers captain america was a completely different person compared to john walker in the fact that he kept the same motives. You know, he wanted to help. He wanted to really be there for the Avengers and for his team when John Walker is really just doing it to be Captain America, but also completing his mission. You know, he's doing the mission that he was assigned in his way. But uh, on the other hand, Steve Rogers in his way is a better way, is a more moral way and things like that. You know, it's a completely different game on both hands for those two people. Um, we see John take on multiple Flag Smashers as he's trying to find Lamar, um, who has been kidnapped at this point by one of the Flag Smashers. He's tied up in a room on the floor, um, wakes up from being unconscious in a bit. But John Walker takes on multiple Flag Smashers. You can tell his head's not in his game. And we don't know at this point if he took the Super Soldier Serum yet, but I think the trigger definitely to tell the audience that he did is when he just hucks that shield right into the concrete wall. And you know, yeah, me and me and Ryan were actually discussing this earlier today. Yeah, I yeah. was, I actually rewatched Winter Soldier today just because you know I love the MCU, I love mm-hmm. all the movies, and never hurts to watch them. And I noticed in that movie, obviously Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers are both super soldiers, and in that movie, Steve Rogers when he's fighting uh, on the Lemurian Star, if you'll remember Winter Soldier for a second, mm-hmm. he throws the shield at someone and he sticks it in the wall. And later in that movie, when Bucky and Steve are fighting, you see Bucky take possession of the shield for a second, and he throws it, Cap dodges it, and it sticks right into the side of a metal van. 
And this imagery carries over into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when we see, as Ryan mentioned, we see him chuck the shield and it sticks into a concrete wall in that same slanted angle as we see both Bucky and Captain America in Winter Soldier. Yeah, and even going back to Winter Soldier, um, um, the, the scene where Cap is in pursuit of the shooter of Nick Fury, who ends up being Bucky, um, when he's going through the building and he's, fighting, or he's finding him on the rooftop, and he breaks through the window and he chucks the shield at him and Bucky just turns around and catches it with his metal arm, you know right away that that's not something a regular man could do, even if he had a metal arm. So I think that really, that really caught Captain America off guard in that movie. You know, something wasn't right and something that he had to have taken a sol- super soldier serum or something like that. Um, and that was just another nod to the fact that he knew that um, it wasn't just a regular guy. You know, he was obviously um, stronger or enhanced in another way. But yeah, Captain America, uh, John Walker, at this point, had taken the serum, and he's just uh, taken down these Flag Smashers one by one until he finds Lamar and ultimately finds Carly. Um, Sam and Bucky end up meeting up after fighting Carly a little bit. Um, they all, the Flag Smashers and the, that group of guys, all meeting end up meeting up in this one place, and they're all sort of fighting each other in a way, and then eventually Carly... Um, gets in an altercation with Lamar and she kicks him into a column and immediately you see him hit the floor and he's just inanimate you know he's not moving at all implying you know his death his sudden death um John is coming in here and he's really um upset I think at first but he's not really reminiscing into that at the moment just because his head's still not in his game he's still jacked on the super soldier serum and immediately he wants to find Carly who have already fled um, the building with her Flag Smashers as well. And he ends up following Nico, who's, um, they're running in the street, and he throws the shield at Nico, knocking him down, and then kicks him down onto the onto this uh, little uh, little flight of stairs up to like a monument or a fountain or something. Um, and Nico's like, in a way, he's like begging him and telling him um, that it wasn't him. You know, he's saying, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. But John Walker lifts the shield up in the air with both hands and starts just pounding down on Nico. Um, I, I want to say three or four hits, and then you see a cut to Nico's hand drop on the um, concrete, just stained in blood, implying you know that it is a Disney show. You can't show too much, but implying his death right there gruesome death. And this whole scene, and I'd say the haunt, like the thing that stuck with me most for that episode was just the absolutely haunting image of John Walker standing there being recorded by all the people around him with the blood mm-hmm. on the shield of Captain America. That was that symbolism was just amazing, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And I really want to give it up to the person that was in charge of the music for that scene because you can feel like it's super tense, super tense, they're all fighting and then the music like stops mm-hmm. as soon as Lamar gets kicked into that pillar and then the music kind of mutes everything out like you can only hear the music and you can like feel john starting to rage mm-hmm. realizing that she just killed his friend yeah. and then he finally snaps i really liked how they did that with the music you could like you really set the mood for the whole scene for sure yeah yeah that whole scene was really eerie to me like you said gave the music the the tension that's built in that fight and then boom lamar hoskin gets hit in that pole um and he dies and the music just kind of stops and you know mm-hmm. and that instant you see john walker you know we've we've seen him twitch and lose it and we've seen him kind of building this peak of you know is he going to lose his mind and then he uh Lamar dies and you see it just snap in his eyes and he you know throws a shield knocks somebody out and then he runs after this guy and 
you know, uh, launches the shield at him, and uh, or uh, that guy tries to like throw like I want to say like I don't like a cement something cement throws it at him, and um, John just smashes it with a shield and chases after him and throws the shield on his back, and right. he sounded like Batman. Anybody else? He was like, "Where is she?" And then like you know knocks him down, and he goes, "Dude, it wasn't me. Like, wasn't me." And he Rachel. just yeah, <laughs> and with no remorse for um for this guy at all, no remorse, Mm-mm. not even a second hesitation, pins him to the ground and just debatably cuts his chest open. Now I know that there's been talk that maybe his head was that he decapitated him or whether yeah. it was hit his chest. What do you got, Gabe? What do you think about that? Because I know what Ryan thinks, but I want to ask you. When it was the way the camera was positioned and the way everything was working, I believe he was striking his chest. That's what I think. Which, in my opinion, is honestly more gory and Mm -hmm. even worse. Yeah. I mean, he could have been decapitating him. I mean, I guess it could have looked like the chest, but then he could have been going for the head. But in my opinion, it looked like he was going for the chest. And that's, I think, calling back to Captain America Civil War. When you see Steve lift up that shield in the same exact way and jam it down into Tony Stark's chest to kill the arc reactor and kill the suit he's wearing. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be the same symbolism, and that's why I think he was striking his chest. Yeah, and yeah. the way that we see that in Civil War is Sam, uh, I'm sorry, Steve kind of strikes and strikes Iron Man's chest to kind of just disable him and yep. you know move on with his life where John Walker, Ryan, Ryan uh, pointed this out to me, where John Walker kind of hits him, looks up, and then boom, keeps hitting him again. So... There's another difference. This show is just showing us so many differences between Steve Rogers and John Walker and what mm-hmm. it really means to be Captain America. It's just S- making me miss Steve so much more. Honestly. Right. But Steve is this character who thinks about what he's doing and, you know, he's just a nice guy. Like, he would never want to hurt his friend Tony. And I know that the mm-hmm. guy that, you know, John was fighting wasn't his friend. But, you know, Steve always tried to find the best way out of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um without you know killing anybody and i think that those traits have been passed on to sam and bucky but now you see john walker you know instead of disabling him trying to question him you know more his rage takes over and he you know strikes him and then lifts it back up again and you know i think that little pause that we see before he strikes him again was john thinking for maybe a second and then no hesitation snaps and just full-on just bludgeons the guy to death yeah yeah. Yeah, and going back to Civil War, um, Tony and, uh, or yeah, Tony and Steve, you know, when they actually got to Siberia, and um, they they knew about the fact that uh, Bucky was framed, um, they they made those amends and they 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 were back. They were you know friends again. Um, they were all okay until Zima showed the footage of December 16, 1991, and then I still think that during that whole fight. Uh, Steve and Tony still had that ability to get back to uh, the friendship that they had. I think that it was broken right in the moment on that final blow as Captain America brought up the shield right there when Cap- or when Tony lifted his hands above his face because uh-huh. he was actually scared and getting there. That's when their friendship was broken. And then he ended up disabling the suit, like you said. But that was definitely the moment, I think, when that was broken. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in this episode, I don't know. It, it's Disney, so you know they can't show too much when it comes to you know violence and gore and things like that. Yep. I I don't know. I I don't one hundred percent know if it was the chest or if he did decapitate him. You know because we see that long shot of 
um, the body on the stairs and I don't see any like blood or anything on his chest but at the same time it could be hidden by the jacket he was wearing or something like that so I'm not 100% sure to say whether it was the Chester head um, yeah but yeah after he does do that you know he John seems completely unfazed by the fact that he just killed the guy and that he's looking around and it seems like he doesn't even care that everyone's filming him and at the same time, you know, you see his hand sort of twitching and he's just staring off and he's obviously not his normal self. And it's really, it's almost creepy to see him like this. Um, I did really like how they tied that in, though. I was kind of confused when I saw the title for the episode about the world is watching. Mm-hmm. It kind of puzzled me and I wasn't sure what it meant. But after he killed Nico and you saw everybody crowded around with their phones recording him, I, I immediately understood why yeah. they would name it that. There's the title right there, exactly. Um but yeah, um, final shot of the, like you said, final shot of the episode was the blood on the shield, which is something that, you know, it's, as an audience member, it feels like absolutely unacceptable to see. Oh yeah, it just hurts so you know, much. That's not Captain America in the slightest, not even a little bit, you know, it's not, and that makes, I think that really makes us all miss Steve Rogers so much. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. definitely Wyatt Russell is definitely doing a really good job at making the audience hate his character you know and that's all the acting like we were talking about in the last episode you know that he was actually receiving death threats as an actor which is you know, it's almost a compliment it's almost a compliment because of his acting job exactly you know it's exactly. obviously not a good thing but at the same time he's really really nailing this character so really good like props to him really good um yeah, the title, The Whole World is Watching, obviously reflects this moment, which brings up a few questions. That's actually the end of the episode, but it brings up a few questions to the last two episodes, such as, um, even though John Walker is Captain America now, what's going to happen to him after this? You know, he literally just murdered a man. Um, is he going to be arrested? I, you know, will the government think of something else because he's Captain America? You know, as I was saying in the last episode, the as a hero rises into, you know, greater popularity, his flaws are sort of hidden. Is that going to happen here, you know? And in that uh, mid-season trailer promo footage, we saw um, maybe it looked like him in a courtroom or talking to um, maybe someone above him, and he was saying, I am Captain America. Um, uh, people speculated that could be his court-martial or something like that, um, maybe making his case as to why he shouldn't go to prison, maybe. Um, but at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen with that, what the repercussions of that will be. And then also in that promo footage, we see uh, Sam, Bucky, and John all together. And uh, John says, or no, Sam says, uh, you need to give us the shield or something like that. And then John says, um, you don't want to do this. And then a little hesitation, and then Bucky looks up and immediately says, yeah, we do. And then we see a little bit of fighting there. And then the trailer cuts off. I'm assuming that's going to be in this next episode because, I, you know, when, when we first saw the uh, big game promo TV spot for these three Disney Plus shows come out a few months ago, um, the first clip in there was Sam taking the shield out of the tree and uh, him and Bucky um, practicing with the shield out in that looks like a backyard. Um, I feel like that's going to be the last episode of the season. Like, they're going to get the shield, and they're going to train with it, and Sam is going to take on the mantle, um, or something like that, you know. But, um, that's the question, how are they going to get it? 
what are they going to do with John Walker after they all fight? You know, we've got two super soldiers and a guy with bird wings. So it's going to be something interesting for sure. And then the last question is, what's going to happen to Zemo? You know, um, I'm assuming he's going to go to that memorial we saw in the trailer. Um, looked like a Sokovian memorial, and that's where Bucky's going to find him in that um, trailer or something like that. But those are all questions that will be answered definitely in these next two weeks of these last two episodes. So uh, any other, both you guys, any other opinions or just anything you want to say about this episode or episodes past or like predictions for the future too or for the future of the MCU in itself, Gabe, if you want to say anything? No, I think you wrapped up really well. I just, this episode was jam-packed. I mean, Mm -hmm. just all the symbolism and everything that happened was really crazy. It was a really great episode. That's true. Aiden, do do you have... Anything else like about the episode or anything else? No, I think this episode actually really sets up the final two episode really well. And like you guys were talking about the um, trailer, which I didn't watch. So thanks for spoiling it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, um, I think this really the trailer and everything really sets up these final two episodes. We're really at a tipping point here with John Walker and this tension with Zemo and you know Sam and Bucky and now the Dora Milaje and you know Carly Morgan. There's so many just excuse me, so many points of conflict that are, you know, at the tipping point, we're at the peak of the episode, we're at the peak of the series where, you know, we're all like, well, what's going to happen with John Walker? And like Mm -hmm. you said, the, um, the trial that's possibly going to happen. And, you know, like you said, the shield going to Sam and Bucky, which I agree, I think it's going to be in the last episode. This, this episode in particular really sets up what's going to happen for this um, the series, and then also what's going to happen in upcoming MCU films that's going to feature Sam, Bucky, possibly John Walker, possibly, you know, um, Carter and uh, Carly Morgenthau, if she survives this. And there's just so many possibilities for how this is going to play out. I think it's this episode did a great job of setting it up. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yep, so, so far we have been introduced, reintroduced to Sharon Carter. We've met a few Flag Smashers, some more Super Soldiers. We got introduced to a new Captain America and his sidekick, and we're continuing the story with Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes and, of course, Helmut Zemo. Aiden and Gabe, thanks for coming. Um, Good podcast tonight. We're hoping to see some good stuff in this next Friday's episode. But until then, we hope that everyone out there uh, keeps watching, keeps uh, looking into this stuff, uh, and just formulating some new ideas about what could happen. So, um, I'm Ryan. I'm Aiden. And I'm Gabe. And have a good one. Yes.